This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The facts that will be presented are true. Scientists representing the world's foremost research centers took part in the examination of the evidence. guys i'm chris and i'm chad and we're together at last <laughs> at long last for the first time for the last time for the first time hugs no no hugs no no might hit the microphone that's true so how is it going chadwick it is going sir i still function always good functioning mm-hmm. is good it's true i'm just happy that it's finally october i am too on the calendar and in the weather. So many Halloween decorations I haven't put up mm, yet. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's true. What's this? What's this? They say I it's Christmas. My eyes. They're liars. Mm. It's You gotta be scary before you can be merry. Everybody remember that. Because you know. Witches are flying and vampires are biting and mummies are shuffling around. <clears throat> what? Nothing. But they, I think they should rewrite all Christmas carols <laughs> to include Halloween. It's very festive. How would, what would you do Jingle Bells to? Jack-o'-lantern, Jack-o'-lantern. I don't know. Jingle Bell, Putrid Hell. I don't know. <laughs> jingle Hell, Jingle Hell. Devil's Satan's got my on foot. His, Satan's on his way. <laughs> Shouldn't have opened that old book, and these are words you should never say. Hey. <laughs> Uh, old yeah. books old books because you know when you find an old book and it looks like it's bound in some kind of weird leather and it has all this weird stuff in it the first thing you should do read it out loud that's what I've been taught yeah <laughs> all movies have taught me that somebody yeah. has to do it read it out loud because might as well be you that's the only way that you'll be able to read it mm-hmm. backwards <laughs> kicking off uh, the first in our two October Halloweenish shows. Mm-hmm. Or scare-tastic <laughs> episodes of darkness. Ooh. Scary. How's your progress on decorating for the annual uh, Halloween party thing? Nothing yet. We're still trying to huh. figure out some things because my decorating is different than other people's decorating. And Yeah, where most people like to do it well in advance. You like to do it no, the morning it, of your party. It's not so much that. It's... Uh, the preparation that has to be done before decorating. Listen to you, elitist. No, I'm saying that I don't have that preparation. 
Oh. It's other people that have that preparation. You don't prepare. You just yeah, I just, I like to decorate. Throw things up. <laughs> you know, you, there's only so many ways you can put a skeleton out. I guess. I mean, it's what zip ties are for. I thought those were ki- for kidnappings. <laughs> no. <laughs> those are rubber hoses and duct tape. Oh. Clothesline. Mm-hmm. Master on it. Hmm. <laughs> nice. Nice callback, Chad. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, being uh, Halloween yes. season, mm-hmm. and we are doing our we have our two shows for October, figured we might try to keep with a Halloween-ish type theme. So, which one are we doing this one on? I don't know. What are you, Who? What are you talking about? What? Which one? I, you know which one we're doing. Which one are we doing? We're doing the one on the trials. Of? Uh, pagans. Pagan? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, witch trials. Witch trials. Those trials. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so first show, uh, we're actually we're going to forego the Paro News stories again for this show. Mm-hmm. And go straight into just talking about the old uh, Salem witch trials. I'm dip your gnarly toe right into it, aren't you? And then follow it up at the end. Chad's going to tell us how... Uh, that's kind of related to a little story from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, from my home area, down oh, around man. yonder where I lives, of Fightinville. Mm-hmm. Down there in a the or wait, no wait, Battle Town. Battle Town. That's right. <laughs> not not Fightinville. Fightville. No, <laughs> they should they rename it. You don't talk about Fightville. First rule. Of First Fightville. rule of Fightville. Exactly. So anyway, Chad, I think uh, a lot of people know. You know, th- this is about like. Our last show with the Mothman. Uh-huh. Most people have heard of the witch trials and kind of have a general idea of what they were. Without going into crazy depth, we're going to cover the witch trials tonight. Okay. This episode of Paranormal Guys is going to have the most name drops of any show we've done. Sweet. <laughs> but not a lot of dates. Well, Go go ahead. What? Go ahead. <laughs> what? I don't know, some reference to bad dates. Or... Bad dates. So tonight, pretty much all of the stuff we're going to talk about comes from a book entitled Battletown Witch by Gerald Fisher. And Mr. Fisher's a very nice man. We got to meet him at Paracon. Right, and at some point we may go ahead and uh, try to set up an interview with Mr. Fisher. Because yeah, uh, he has a lot of information. He's actually a historian for uh, Meade County. Mm-hmm. And the other uh, source of our information for the show tonight is going to come from the Smithsonian's website, which I was telling you earlier, Chad, is has a, surprisingly, has a really nice article or two on the witch trials. Yeah. Without knowing anything about the witch trials, mm-hmm. from just what you've heard on TV or seen in movies, Yep. how many witches were tried and killed, and how did they kill them in the All of trials? them, by fire. Wrong. Oh. Altogether, the Salem Witch Trials only uh, took 20 lives. 20. And none of them were burned. Huh. Because in the United States, by the time the colonies were formed, England had already put a ban on burning at the stake. And actually in England, burning at the stake was never all that popular. Now, if you go to some of the other European countries, mainly, oh, Spain, you know, home of the Spanish Inquisition, yeah, they like to do all manner of things like beheading, drowning, burning, 
You wouldn't expect that. You would never expect the Spanish Inquisition, really. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody. Until they bring out the comfy chair. That's right. So all these Hammer movies from the 60s. Right. They Either it's in Spain or they just made that up. It didn't happen. Right. Okay. Uh, because like I said, by the time the colonies were around, burning was completely outlawed by English law. And by being English colonies, they were subject to that law. So there were no burnings. Now, in the United States, there are the 20 documented witch trials that led to an execution. It Once again, you go back to Europe, that's in the tens of thousands. Now, when they stopped the burnings, or, or they did they ever, ha- they had burnings, though. They right, in parts of okay. Europe, that either beheading, drowning, or burning was the preferred method to get rid of a witch. So they made preparations to stop the burning, so they used preparation hemlock to stop the burning? Anyway. Yes. <laughs> Right, and uh, now in England, before the witch hunts started and everything, magic, with a K, was kind of commonplace, because there were healers, there were people that knew, like, folk remedies and everything like that, and that was considered magic, and for the most part, is okay. Mm-hmm. But then along came our friends, the Puritans. All oh, the Puritans. Right, the Puritans, that anything and everything can be traced to the devil. Mm. Your uh, corn didn't grow this year? The devil. devil. You had a itch you couldn't reach? Devil. Devil. <laughs> and that's basically how it was, and that's sort of how they started it in England. They were actually winding down when the witch trials started in the United States. Mm-hmm. And in the United States, basically it comes down to, there were two towns. There's Salem Village, which is today Danvers, Massachusetts, and Salem Town, that is Salem now. Those two towns were rivals, it leads. It, it kind of sounds like goes. Sounds like a soap opera, Chad, mm-hmm. because it's there are feuds, finger pointings. There's deceit. There's lies. There's hysteria, and the fact that we already said the Puritans of the time blamed anything and everything they possibly could on the devil. Was it the Hatfields and McCoys of which point? It was. So were there Puritans in both towns, or just yes? One? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It comes down to to basically the two towns and the two families. It was in the late 17th century. There were the Putnams and the Porters. Putnams and Porters. Putnams and Porters. They were Puritans, and they had actually uh, quite a lot of influence and were liked around. Hmm. But, Chad, yes. all that ended when the Porters built a sawmill and a dam. Because, you know, what, what ticks off somebody more than anything than you build a dam and it floods the farm? Yeah. That's not good. And that's exactly what happened, because when the Porters built their sawmill and dam, it completely flooded the Putnam's farm. What kind of tools they used to build those? Were they Porter tools? No. Porter power tools. That's what they painted their house with, though. Oh, Porter paints? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, after the uh, farm flooded, the Porters filed suit against the uh, Putnam's. Well. <laughs> Commence feud. Hmm. <laughs> And uh, they were kind of embattled in their little back-and-forth, you know, bickering. And then enter the Reverend Samuel Paris. Reverend Samuel Paris, he came to Salem Village in 1689. The villagers on basically the town board voted for him to have a house and a barn and two acres of land. Well, he's lucky. Well, that was the thing. It doesn't sound like a lot now, but back then... That was a heck of a lot, and a lot of villagers didn't like that. Mm. They thought that it was too extravagant of a gift to give a preacher. 
1691, the people that supported uh, Paris and the porters who supported Paris were ousted from the village council and replaced by members loyal to the Putnams and those who did not like the porters. So all of a sudden, the whole town committee and everybody related to it are replaced by people that don't like you. Now there's a battle. <laughs> they got him replaced. The one, one thing that kicked this all off, Chad, so you've, you've got a feud going on. You've got people that don't like each other. And then the, uh, the spark that ignited the whole thing. <laughs> January of 1692, the good Reverend Paris happened to walk in on his daughter. Uh-oh. Nine-year-old Elizabeth, her cousin Abigail, who I believe was 11, and their friend Ann Putnam. They were all sitting around a table with the Paris's uh, slave girl, Tituba. Tituba. Yeah. Big name in the Salem Witch Trials. What were they doing there at the table, Chad? Uh, were they trying to conjure a spirit? Not even that uh, evil. They were playing an old, uh, I guess, colonial version of Mystery Date. Huh. Yeah, they were trying to do the old uh, foretell the future kind of deal. Yeah. Where the girls were trying to, oh, who what, who am I going to marry? What's his job going to be? Is he going to be cute? Is he going to have blonde hair? You know, they were just doing a little bit of divination. I see. Because uh, the slave girl, Tituba, she came from Barbados. The residents of Barbados at the time were mostly West African. So, naturally, there's going to be a little bit of occult practices coming along with her. And what I think is funny with this is, uh, you know, this is 1692. I could see my girls doing the exact same thing. Because once Dad caught them doing something they shouldn't, I, I could see it now of him going, doing a send them to their room. And then all of a sudden, the, oh, God, how are we going to get out of this starts. You can guess what their plan was, Chad. Scapegoat. Exactly. Yeah. But they went a step further. They started having fits. And screaming, and making odd noises, and contorting their bodies. Nice. To make it look really good. Well. <laughs> and once they kind of calmed down from that a little bit, it was witches, Chad. Sounds exactly like witches to me. They were bewitched. That was all it could explain. It wasn't their fault. <laughs> they immediately started pointing fingers. Hey, it wasn't us. Must have been old Tituba over there. And I, I, could very, I could see my girls doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the little bit of distraction. Take the attention off me, so I'm not in trouble. Look how bad they are. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And that's what they did. They started having fits. Everything like that. Now, here's one thing. If you read some accounts of this, the girls didn't have fits then. They or And their dad didn't walk in on them. They just started doing this. And now in those versions of the story, you'll hear a lot of people talk about fungus on corn. Okay. There's a fungus called ergot or ergo. I don't Mm -hmm. know exactly which, how it's pronounced, but I believe it was back in the seventies. They did some research on it and have found that ingesting that fungus can have certain symptoms, Chad. Yeah. You know what those symptoms would be? Uh, flopping around. Yeah. Flopping around, screaming. I have heard, actually, you know, I've heard that before, and they've attributed that to people that believe they saw werewolves, witches, vampires. Apparently, in Europe, there was a lot of things that were uh, ended up getting blamed on that down the road. Yeah, well, and the fact that that fungus has a tendency to grow around dampish areas and everything, which 
the area of Salem and Salem Village at the time were kind of boggy. Moist. I like boggy. Yeah, boggy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Once the girls were kind of put, un- put under the old spotlight and asked, they started pointing the finger. And the first ones they pointed their finger at were Sarah Good. And you know why she was a witch, Chan? No. She didn't attend church regularly. She talked to herself sometimes. And she was she was poor, so she often begged for food. Well. Devil. Sounds like the most <laughs> evil thing I've ever heard. And Sarah Osborne was another one they pointed a finger at. She is probably the most evil person that has ever existed. Green Goblin. She had premarital sex. Oh. Exactly. Uh-oh. Right there, in league with the devil. Mm. And of course, you know, they did about, by just nature of the beast was included in that. Yeah. Uh, what one theory on this is, <laughs> as good as the Puritans were, and holy and righteous, they think the reason the girls pointed the finger at those three women mm-hmm. were, one, one was a slave, and yeah. two they probably heard their parents gossiping about the other two and were like, hey, we've heard them say stuff about them. That Osborne and good. Yeah, they're witches. They'll believe it. They're pure evil. (laughs) They're looking for a reason. Mm. All three of the women were brought before the local magistrates and interrogated for several days, and this started on March 1st of 1962. 1962? 1962. Really? Yes. These are the modern witch trials. Hippies. But in this show, I'm sorry, you're right. We're talking about the ones from 1692. Oh, dyslexia is one of the first signs. Is it dyslexia if you flip it upside down instead of just... I think any time you scramble it up, it's dyslexia. Huh. Or you're just stupid. So in I'm March, March 1692 of the year one, <laughs> Osborne and Good both said, uh-uh, we ain't witches. Did they say it just like that? I think they did. Nuh-uh. We ain't no witches. They probably threw like a thou or uh-uh. something in there. We just ain't thou no witches. We ain't witches unto thou. Uns ain't witch and thus and them. <laughs> those. Now, Titaba. Exactly. <laughs> they tried and to push it off on her. Well, actually, they, they didn't. Titaba herself was like, yeah, I'm a witch. Really? Well, and what comes into play here, Chad, is why the mass hysteria kind of turned into a, huh, Hmm. I might benefit from this whole witch thing. Really? Yeah, it turns out that if you were accused of being a witch, you didn't have to automatically die or spend your life in prison. Mm -hmm. If you just went, you're right, I'm a witch, you got me, but I'm really sorry, they let you live. Retribution. And you didn't stay in jail. They just exiled you from the community. Oh, she's getting run away. But now the reason... This is a theory of why a lot of witches were accused, mm-hmm. was once people got wind of that, when they were exiled from the community, the, I don't know, the government, whatever form of government they had at the time. Lawgivers. Yeah, after the village government took their share of what they deemed worthy for the cost of having a trial and okay. everything, they would often sell the property. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be a person that was afflicted by a witch and your neighbor happened to have a bunch of property you kind of liked that was next to yours, you might get that at a little deal because that witch made my corn not grow. Well, I sure sh- liked her field. <laughs> shoot far. 
So a lot of people gained a little bit of uh, wealth from their neighbors getting kicked out. So Tituba kind of did the, I'm going to try to save myself here. Just be, yeah, I'm a witch. You're right. But the way she confessed it was, she said, the devil came to me and bid me serve him. She described elaborate images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a black man. In purple horseshoes. Who wanted her to sign his book. She admitted that she signed the book and said that there were several other witches looking to destroy the Puritans. Wow. So all three were put in jail. Well, now that you've signed my book. That's, that planted the seed, Chad, the first three. Then all of a sudden it was just, I, you could, if you were seen within five feet of a cat, which. <laughs> <laughs> like a sand witch. Exactly. I mean, it, it was, you could look at somebody cross-eyed accidentally, which. Man. And then witch. the thing was, you couldn't, you couldn't pull the old, well, I'm just going to stay in my house and get out of this. No, because then it was like, oh, they stay in their house. They don't like to be seen in public, which, yeah. <laughs> with that seed of paranoia planted, a stream of accusations followed over the next month, few months. Charges against Martha Corey, a loyal member of the church in Salem Village, concerned the community. If she was a witch, Chad, anybody could be a witch. True dad. Uh, magistrates even questioned Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter. And her timid answers were construed as a confession. Because, you know, you get a four-year-old in the middle, in front of everybody and start asking her questions. Like, is your mom a witch? Is she talk to the devil? Yeah, yeah she's going to go, hey. Well, they took her doing that as, oh, well, she's uh, she's right. Her Obviously. mom's a witch. <laughs> I mean, most four-year-olds that I know could probably point out witches right away. All right. But then the questioning got even more serious in April when Deputy Governor Thomas Danforth and his assistants attended the hearings. Dozens of people from Salem and other Massachusetts villages were brought in mm. for questioning. On May 27th of, of 1962 at the, the 1962 at the concert? On May 27th of 1692, Governor William Phipps ordered the establishment of a special court. I'm not really sure how I'm pronouncing this. So it would be a special court of Oye and Termine. It means to hear and to decide. That special court was arranged for Suffolk, Essex, and Middlesex counties. The first case brought to the special court was Bridget Bishop, an older woman known for her gossipy habits and promiscuity. Which? Exactly. <sighs> Don't know why they took that long. No kidding. Uh, they asked her if she had committed witchcraft, to which she responded, I am as innocent as an unborn child. Apparently she did not have a good defense lawyer. Hmm. Uh, because she was found guilty on June 10th, and I believe it was eight days later, first one to get hanged. Found her witchcraft glove. On what now they call Gallows Hill in Salem. Getting ready to drop another name, Chad. Uh oh Might have heard of this guy. Because five days after that, respected minister Cotton Mather. Not Cotton Mather. Cotton Mather. He wrote a letter to the court saying, hey, basically, hey guys, um... You need to quit taking evidence of people saying, I had a vision that she was a witch or had a dream that she was a witch. He said, you're, you're kind of <laughs> allowing a lot there. There's no evidence. Yeah. Uh, the court pretty much said, hey, Cotton, shut up. Stick it. And I think, I think they pretty much did say stick it because after they kind of ignored him, they immediately sentenced five people 
and hanged them all in the it month is, of July. They didn't care about the opinion, the look, and or the feel of cotton. No, they didn't. Just to prove their point, they sentenced and hung five more in August and eight in September. I guess I felt like they were falling behind. I'm like, shut up, Cotton. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> Watch. Hey. Hey, Cotton, guess what? Wish um, we had photography, but we had to sketch these pictures out to send to you. But then in October, uh, Cotton's dad, Increase Mather. Increase. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> he was president of Harvard at the time. Mm-hmm. He also told them, quit using what they called spectral evidence. <clears throat> it's not, you can't prove it, stop it spectral uh he actually said it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned it were better to have loved and lost than to have burned a witch at all you remember good old governor phipps chad our friend that established the special court yep wacky phipps a little thing happened to him where he uh permitted further arrests and released many accused witches and dissolved the court of Oye and Termine on October 29th after they accused his wife of being a witch. Well. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, wait, wait, wait. How convenient. Wait, no, witch. No, there's no witches. Yeah, are you guys out of your minds? What do you mean? Yeah, okay, maybe we've been a little harsh. Yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. He replaced it with a superior court of judicature. Judicature? Once, once again, maybe you might not be saying that right. And that court disallowed all spectral evidence. It only condemned three of 56 people that were accused of witchcraft well, after that point. the odds are getting a little bit better. It is. And altogether, the trials were only four months long, Chad. Only? They started in June of 1692. By October, it was kind of a, oh, yeah, hey, they're a witch. Whatevs. <clears throat> And then by May of 1693, it was the trials were over. It was pretty much said and done. But the damage had been done. 19 people were hanged on Gallows Hill. And the 20th was actually a 71-year-old man who refused to enter a plea in court. Wouldn't say if he was a witch or not. So naturally, what you do to people like that is you lay them down and start putting heavy rocks on them. Makes sense. Yeah. So they would put another rock on and go, are ye a witch? He'd go, eh. Not yet. Then they'd be like, oh, thence another rock shall be placed on ye chest. Rock and roll. That's how they did it. Did they Did they announce each one before they put it on? Uh-huh. Did they say which number rock was going on next? I don't know, Chad, but if they did, how would that have went? Rock 23. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, uh. Was eventually, eventually, you know, that happens, you can't breathe. So he never got to say whether he was a witch or not. They chant in the background when they're doing it. We, we placed another rock. Placed another rock. Placed another rock. I think they were saying, they were telling him, we will rock you. Oh. We will, we will rock you. Several more people actually died in jail while they were being held for being witches. 200 people had, overall had been accused of practicing devil magic. Ooh. Another Rob Zombie song. Devil magic. Devil magic. Devil magic. Mm-mm, devil magic. Devil magic. Which over there? Devil magic. Devil <laughs> magic. <laughs> nice. You may be wondering, Chad, well, hey, what happened to the original witch, old Titaba over there? I don't know. What happened to Titaba over there? For for being the only person that actually, it was proved that she had some sort of occult thing going on. Mm-hmm. 
she's set in prison for a year, and then someone paid for her to be released. Who? The it, devil? That's what I'm thinking, because they don't mention a name. It just said someone paid for her release. See, she was just the, she started everything, uh-huh. and then they got her out. She went to Mexico. She opened up a bar called the Tit of a Twister. Wow. And she's fine. No, but I, th- I think they did say that the person that paid the money to get her out had a really dark, deep voice. Did he? Yeah, it was like, this is for Tittaba. <laughs> I brought money to see Tittaba. <laughs> they're all get in, out of jail. They're all in ones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, eventually, cooler heads prevailed and everything, and even longer after that, they apologized. We're sorry. Because almost immediately following the trials and executions, people like Judge Samuel Sewell publicly confessed their errors and guilt of the whole matter. Really? On January 14th of 1697, the general court ordered a day of fasting and soul-searching for the tragedy of Salem. In 1702, the court declared the trials unlawful. Then in 1711, the colony passed a bill restoring the rights and good names of those accused and gave 600 pounds of restitution to the heirs of the people for accidentally accusing and killing their good family. Good dad, and that does them no good. Well, Chatty gets even better. Uh-huh. Flash forward to 1957. 1957? Yeah, 250 years later. Okay. Massachusetts came out and said, yeah, we're sorry. Oopsies. Or bad. Yeah, hey, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> Witches. I like this part, too. When I get finished reading this, tell me if this doesn't give you a little kick in the pants. Okay. As for the original little girls who started the whole thing, Anna Putnam later apologized in 1706 with this statement. (laughs) I desire to be humbled before God for that sad and humbling providence that befell my father's family in the year about 92. That I, then being in my childhood, should by such a providence of God, be made an instrument for the accusing of several people for grievous crimes, whereby their lives were taken away from them, whom now I have just grounds and good reason to believe they were innocent persons, and that it was a great delusion of Satan that deceived me in that sad time, whereby I justly fear I have been instrumental with others through ignorantly and unwittingly to bring upon myself and this land the guilt of innocent blood. Though what was said or done by me against any person, I can truly and uprightly say before God and man, I did it not out of anger, malice, or ill will to any person. For I had no such thing against one of them, but what I did was ignorantly being deluded by Satan. So even when she apologized, it wasn't a, look, we were dumb little girls trying to get out of trouble because dad caught us doing something stupid. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, devil. Satan. <laughs> devil made me accuse people of being witches. Satan? Wow. Yeah, just uh, just a little bit of crazy people accusing other people because... Where was the anti-bullying campaign back then? I don't know, but there was a lot of, I don't like you, so I'm going to get you killed or put in prison. Uh, I'm in trouble, so I'm bringing somebody down with me. Hmm. And yeah, it's just a bunch of just... Sounds like presidential debates these days. Squabbling. Yeah. But now, Chad. Yes. I kind of teased on Facebook the other day that 
we were talking about something that sounded like itch vials and that we we're going to relate it to Kentucky. Yes, sir. So after all this, how are we relating itch vials to Kentucky? Well, in good old Kentucky, near the area I live in, there's a little place called Battletown. And there is the single remote grave of someone who's been accused and killed as a witch. Colonel Sanders. No. Oh. But, I mean, that may have happened somewhere, but no. Not, how, how do you think he discovered that secret recipe? Fried chicken? <laughs> the devil. Yeah. <laughs> the 11 herbs and dark spices. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one will ever guess it. Extra crispy. He brought it forth. There was the regular chicken, the extra crispy chicken. Fired in the fires of hell. Originally, you could only buy a bucket and six pieces with six sides and six biscuits. It's our six-six-six deal. But no, this is... uh, (laughs) It'd make it a lot better if Colonel Sanders was a Satanist. (laughs) Colonel Satan Sanders. You know, we we weren't going to originally start a fried chicken restaurant, but we sacrificed so many of them to the Dark Lord. We decided, hey, CFK. After we sacrifice them, we'll just fry them up. <laughs> In the buckets, it's not always chicken parts. Oh, but we digress. I found a foot. <laughs> All right. Well, this comes to us from Haunted Mead County by Gerald W. Fisher from the Mead County Tourism website. Once again, Mr. Fisher is the author of the Battletown Witch, which is the story of Leah Smock, and I'm about to tell you about that now. Most of the old people who knew first-hand reports of Leah think she was a very intelligent, beautiful girl who knew the magic verbs and natural cures. She was also thought to possess powerful intuition and maybe had the second sight or be able to predict through natural or supernatural reasoning things yet to be. She was very intelligent, among other things, and was accused of driving two boys who teased her to go out of their minds. Hannibal (laughs) Lecter, those two. She supposedly cursed and caused the death of two fine horses when their owners forbade her petting them and caused the death of an infant whose mother refused to let Leah hold the child. Go back to that horse thing. Uh-huh. You remember that, if what's good for you. If I come over to your house and want to pet Gizzy. Because I'll be like, I'll say the nose. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gizzy knows better. She can repel evil. Can she? Yeah, she's full of cuteness and joy and happiness. But not uh, Rufus. Rufus, Rufus is the I think he's one. in league with the devil. You've seen how his eyes glow that green. He goes all crazy, devil dog barking at you and gives you a side eye. Does that weird walking upside down on the ceiling thing with his head turned over? My favorite's when you're eating. And he goes, <laughs> But anyway. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Causing crops to fail and other calamities <laughs> were attributed to her. A posse visited her father's farm when what? she was alone. Posse. Oh. Donald Trump. Locked her or tied her in the smokehouse and set it on fire, burning her to death. She was pretty tasty. She (laughs) is the the only known person to have been burnt as a witch in the United States. So that's what makes this really unique. Hickory smoked witch. It's true. She was burnt to death. Right. Shortly after she was burned, her ghost appeared to her mother at the remains of the smokehouse. Her body was taken to a remote place and became the first burial in what is now called the Betsy Daly Cemetery. Not long after she was buried, a hunter saw her ghost standing at her grave looking down. In both instances, her apparition was dressed in a white garment with cords at the sleeves and waist. She had long black hair and was very pretty. 
Her form did not touch the ground, and she was invisible below the knees. She was surrounded by a purple haze in my brain, <laughs> or aura. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Uh. <laughs> the townsfolk were so afraid they carried a wagon load of rock to the grave and dug down into it, filling the grave with stones to keep her spirit from rising. It didn't work. She was extra fluffy. Uh, it didn't work. She has been seen many times, and people who visited her grave sometimes became confused and could not find their way back to their cars. The walk to the cemetery is a long, hard one of a mile or more. Sometimes, even today, Cooper's tools are found at her grave. Her father made barrels, and she helped him. Hunters in the area cannot bring down game, and sometimes they see her. Leah had a love and a sense about animals, and could control and calm even dogs that were known to bite. It is said her love of animals caused the hunters to miss their mark. Snakes are sometimes seen sunning atop her grave. She has made herself known even until today, causing... <laughs> causing people to misread things. She has made herself known even today, causing computers to malfunction or reverse images to occur when people are writing about her or copying photographs of her grave. A film crew's equipment failed to operate at her grave after it was repeatedly tested and found to function elsewhere. Remarkable and beautiful Leah is Meade County's most famous ghost and witch. Yeah, that's why I kept saying 1962. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing about this is it's funny. Before I really knew more about her case, uh, my uncle and my grandfather would hunt down in that area, and they tell us tell me about the grave. And my grandpa actually said that it, he always felt really weird when he was near it. And there was a certain plant that grows on that grave that you can't find anywhere else in the area. Marijuana. It could be. Uh, covered with the crops of corn. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing, and a little side note here. She is the only uh, person accused of witchcraft and burned in the United States that is documented. One of the reasons that they believe that more of the witches being burned story is so popular and well-traveled is a lot of times after the witches were hanged, it, was, it wasn't enough, yeah, to hang, hang you and kill you. It was, yeah. you still might have the devil in you, so now we're going to burn your body. Don't want you popping up later. So a lot of times after the hanging, they would go ahead and burn the body, and that's where they believe a lot of the legend of burning witches at the stake in the United States came from. Yep. But Leah actually did get burned. Yep. Back when they had the Ron Popeil witch dehydrator. All right. And and the thing is, that was, a, what, 150-ish years after Salem. Mm -hmm. So it was still occasionally barbecue time for witches. Well, and I mean, you see that a lot of times they'll document things like that in Europe now, where these oh, yeah. little pockets... These little neighborhoods where their beliefs haven't changed. Like, it's not uncommon to see some village out there somewhere that's dug up a body because it's a vampire and they stake it. Oh, yeah. And uh, witches specifically, if you follow a lot of uh, odd news sites, however you want to word that, Africa, they, they still are very big on the uh, witch hunting. Mm -hmm. yep. And will blame a lot that happens anywhere on witches and, you know, accuse a person or persons of it, and one way or another get rid of said person or persons. And Native Americans with skinwalkers, they still very much believe that skinwalkers or witches exist within their culture. Right. But, you know, there are witches. Not your Harry Potter 
insert name of movie here, witches. But yeah, I mean, there always have been and always will be witches. And yeah. for the most part, people that consider themselves witches are nothing more than just nature people. I mean, I've dated a few witches. No, witches with a W check. Oh. Oh, but anyway. Yes, sir. There is your first installment of A Paranormal Guy's Halloween. Ooh. <laughs> spooky. Spooky, spooky. Perhaps you know a little bit more about the witch trials than you did starting out? Perhaps not. <laughs> but we like to, if nothing else, Chad, we like to... The more you know. Be informative. Because knowing's half the battle. True that. <laughs> and you know a way that you can know more, Chad? <laughs> no, Chris. What is that? Well, if you go over to paranormalguys.com, you can know all kinds of things. You can uh, know what Chad looks like. True. You can know what Chad with Nick Redfern looks like. True. You can know what Chad with Bobcat Goldthwaite looks like. True. Maybe even Chad with Bob Gimlin. That's really true. <laughs> but yeah, going over to paranormalguys.com. That's our website where you can listen to the show. You can see all kinds of pictures about us doing the show and go into various places. You can check out some of that new fancy Chad Smith artwork that Chris told me I had to do now. That's right. Twisting your arm. Yeah. There is a form on there. You can send us an email. And if you want to send us an email, just telling us any kind of suggestions, comments, tell us how we're doing. Stories. Chad always likes to get stories. I do like stories. And we forgot to mention this last time, Chad, but what? if you would like to request a special Paranormal Guys decal, yes, we still have some. All, what do they have to do, Chris? All you got to do is drop us a little line with your name and address and say, hey, give me one of them decals. And we're going to pay for shipping. <laughs> Our gift to you. It is a gift. There's also a place on the website where you can sign up for a, an email notification every time one of the new shows drops. Have kind of handy. On the pulse. That's right. And there's also a little section on there that Chad likes to talk about, because he's much better than I am at this, about giving us a donation. Yes. Donations would be greatly appreciated. We are not fueled by the faceless giant corporations that run this country, we pay for everything out of pocket. So if you enjoy the show and you'd like to make a little donation, the show's always going to be free if we can keep it that way. <laughs> but uh, if you'd like to make a little donation to keep our overhead costs going, we would greatly appreciate that. You will pay for entertainment. Pay? Are you not entertained? <laughs> and another really cool thing to do would be head on over to our Facebook page and like us there. You should always like us. Well, I mean, you're always going to like us, but... That's true. Like our Facebook page. We're perky. But yeah, head on over to facebook.com slash guys. Give us a like. And uh, as well as the email notification list, there's another place that as soon as a new show goes up, you'll get a notification. While you're there on Paranormal Guys' Facebook page, head on over to William Blanchard's Facebook page. And that is facebook.com slash William Blanchard Soundtrack. He's the gentleman that does all the music for the show. And he has all kinds of tunes that you don't even get to hear here on the show available for purchase, download, and all other assorted accoutrements. Musical genius. <laughs> he is. Give Mr. Blanchard a little love there and like his Facebook page as well. Wait a minute, Chris. Yes? Before we stop, I just want to say I'm appalled by your ignorance and the hell you say. Oh, thank you. Cause You're welcome. I, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say I've been a little depressed the past couple shows yeah. when I've been editing. Kind of felt like you had a little blood sugar. Yeah, at the end, I kind of just, I had that Christmas morning. 
You know how it's all exciting. You get presents, you open them and everything. And then about a half an hour after everybody's done opening presents, you get that just kind of, that just let down feel. Sure. That's how I am at the end of editing the shows lately. Sad. I get to there and I go, Chad hasn't said his phone. I'm sorry. It's fine. It is. Because despite you not saying your little things, we always have one thing, Chad. Yeah, what's that? Have a paranormal weeks. Raise your friend new crap with the crap and all the crap on it, it's crap.